The following program is sponsored by Friends of Life Outreach International. Co-founder of Hillsong Church and founder of The Color Conference, Bobby Houston encourages us to stay the path. You know, God is going to teach us His ways and His goodness in many different ways. And so my struggle might look different to yours or the challenge that you face might be different to another person. Yet I honestly believe no matter how, you know, depressing or sad or hopeless it might look, there's always a path forward. Next on Life Today. Today, I'm Randy Robinson. Sheila Walsh is with me. I appreciate you being here. This is going to be a very special show. We have, all the way from Sydney, Australia, Hillsong Church, Miss Bobby Houston. Thank you so much for being here. <laughs> Thank you. Love it <laughs> I know, we like that. So nice. well, honestly, it's such an honor, Bobby, to have you here. Um, I think when I, when I look around the world, it seems to me that God has placed certain women around the world with a kind of a very particular anointing um, and a bigger vision that see a bigger picture. Because even though we know you from Hillsong, Sydney, and then all the other churches, you have a heart that is so much bigger than that. And I think that's why you've written this amazing book uh, called Stay the Path. But for those who know all the amazing things that God is doing now, did you ever see that? When you were starting off, did you ever think that God was going to do this much through your life? Absolutely never. But I just want to say it's a real pleasure and honor to be here. And I love hanging with you guys and having fellowship with you like before tonight. And it feels like family, which is awesome. But to your question, never, never in a million years. I mean, I, I don't think I had that capacity. I, I just wasn't one of those girls who like, you know, dreamed big and desired to be this, this or that. And so, you know, for me, no, this is all a beautiful surprise, which is the nature of God, isn't it? Totally. To surprise us. <laughs> but you tell this really interesting story in the book about a time when all these women leaders are, you're at a conference and the women yes. leaders come forward for prayer and you're at the far end. Yes. And suddenly you're singled out. Tell yeah. us about that. It was amazing. I, I opened with that story for some reason because, you know, um, I had gone to this women's retreat out in the countryside, about 200 women gathered. I mean, I really should have been there because Brian was actually leading our movement at that time. So I don't know why I wasn't there. Circumstances changed. I went and it was a lady called Kathy Leshner, whom I, you know, is amazing strong prophetic gift upon it. That aside, she called all the leaders to come forward. She was down the other end, like I was down this end eyes closed, heart heavenward as always. And then suddenly she's breathing in my face because she's, I mean, she, she came all the way and she started with me. And she really just started to speak things over us that arrested the audience because they knew our ministry, but she had no idea. Began to speak things like, you haven't seen anything yet, woman of God. And began to articulate the ministry and articulate things that nobody would know. Talked about paving away and, you know, laboring and doing the things that you do in ministry. And I will never forget it. And she spoke profound words about my husband. And um, it was a pivotal moment. I think it's, you know, when God singles you out or, you know, decides just to go, hey, you know what, I've got, I've got your life mapped. I'm going to 
going to encourage you. And so I, yeah, I chose to open the book with that story. It's a beautiful story. And I think it's interesting that you call it Stay the Path as yeah. opposed to, wow, right. this is a great path. Right. Because there's going to be some seasons when it's not so easy to stay on the path. Yeah, totally. I mean, I just think everyone needs a revelation that we're actually on a path or a pilgrimage or a journey through life. And for me, that, that conviction rings loud, Sheila, because I'm a mum. I'm a grandmother these days. Do you see she we said mum? I love that. Yeah. Mom, not mom. Like, yeah, mom. Well, I have to spell it both ways for my children because I've got five grandchildren growing up here in America. But, um, you know, I am. I'm a mother. I'm a grandmother. I'm a pastor. We have a vast congregation of beautiful people, young and old. And so, you know, I thought at this time in my life, opportunity presented, I was like, okay, if, if my journey could add anything to their journey, if my distance could add anything and save them maybe a trip to hell and back or, you know, fast track them through certain terrain, then by the grace of God, I'm going to try to describe something to that end. And that's really the heart of the book. And the bottom line is we, there's a path and it's too beautiful and it's too powerful and it's too precious to compromise. I, I think yeah. a lot of people look at ministries, successful ministries. I mean, Hillsong's huge. We all, we all know it, you know. A lot of people probably are tempted to think that God just opened the way and <laughs> y'all just walked right down that path and yeah. everything, right. flowers bloomed and children sang and all that good stuff. What are specifically is maybe one example of a, an obstacle, a, a time where you had to decide whether you're going to stay the path or not? Oh my gosh. We're talking about a lot of years, Randy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. How long have you got? Yeah. yeah, a lot of years. Just one example. Just, well, I mean, it's a given, and I think it's known for people who watch our world. And if you read that, and if you read Brian's book, Live, Love, Lead, you know, um, being on the front line of anything. And I feel like we are, with many others, on the front line of kingdom, um, thy kingdom come, sure. and the advancement of his church, and seeing the local church prosper and be who she can be. And so that comes with territory. And so we have faced, you know, we faced a very real season. It was a very long season of immense media aggression, you know, where, I mean, you can't expect a secular world to always understand the things of God. And, you know, so that was a very large season in our life and it came with many layers and it was fierce at times. Mm. And there were, if I'm honest, there were times when you think, wow, is, is this worth it? Right. But you always remind, of course it is. And I, you know, I kind of have this thing. I think, wow, you know, Jesus said that there would be persecution, there'd be opposition. So let's, you know, realize that. But right now they're not throwing us to the lions. Mm -hmm. So really how hard is this mm -hmm. to stand up for your faith and stand up for your convictions and press on and continue to labor to see the body of Christ be who she can be. Not because we're anything so special or so clever, yeah. but you know, God has graced our church and he has put a favor and a kiss of heaven upon it. And we love the local church and one of our mandates as a local church is to champion the cause of local church and everything that we do, our conferences, our the, those major, more global imprint things um, are to that end. We want to see the body of Christ and sure. her diversity and her beauty, sure. um, you know, become who, God knows she can be. Sure, yeah, and I realize you weren't literally thrown to the lions, but metaphorically, you guys <laughs> you guys pretty much were. I'm, I'm just curious yeah. personally, because I know there's a lot of places you can go to that. You can go to, to the ministry that God has given you. You can go to local church. You can go to friends. You can go to scripture. What in particular really gave you the most sustenance through the hard times? 
You know, I got saved at 15 and I, I, got, I got radically saved. I fell in love with Jesus. And so I know this sounds too perfect an answer, <laughs> but I've learned to look up. And so I do, I draw my strength from God and I remind myself to look upwards. And so even when Brian was, you know, struggling and he speaks quite openly about that, you know, the, the many years and all the layers compounded upon his soul. His soul realm was struggling and yet he never stopped leading our church. He never stopped being the stoic leader that he is. But in that time, he wasn't even there in, in some sense for me, you know, mm. I felt like alone in that. And do you know what it does? It presses you to your knees and it presses you to look upwards mm -hmm. and you actually find an inner strength that you didn't know that you had. And I think that's remarkable. And I think all our journeys are different. You know, God is going to teach us his ways and his goodness and in many different ways. And so my struggle might look different to yours or the challenge that you face might be different to another person. Yet I honestly believe that at the end of the day, if we all push through in him, Amen. Mm. We're going to learn the same bottom line, yeah. that yeah. God is faithful, that He's always there, that there's always a pathway forward, no matter how, you know, depressing or sad or hopeless it might look, there's always a path forward and that Jesus is that way. And if we keep following Him and keep our eyes on Him, we're actually not going to go wrong. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. But there's a lot of wisdom too in what you share about, you have a quote from Pilgrim's Progress, which I love, <laughs> I where you remind people on the journey that even though there is an enemy that prowls around like a roaring lion, you remind from that book, the lines are chained. 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 There's only so much that they're I allowed know. to do. That book is so impacting. I think every modern day, yeah. current Christian alive today should read that afresh because yeah. there's so much wisdom in it. And, and again, there's a line in there. It's like, you're safe while you stay in the center of the path. Mm -hmm. In other words, stay in the center of what God's will is for mm. you, what you know to be God's will. Yeah. And he will, not, he will not lead you astray. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's like, absolutely. I think sometimes, you know, believers or Christians get fearful that they're going to miss the mark or they're going to, they're going to whatever. And I'm like, God's too kind for that. Mm. If you've got a heart after him, he'll take care of you. Mm. He'll watch over yeah. you. One of the things I love, I've had the privilege of being part of Colour Conference, you know, these... And we love you. <laughs> yeah. But it, the thing that I love about that, Bobby, is your heart for younger girls, and yet you have this place for seasoned women. I'm calling myself seasoned, not older, seasoned. But I love that. I love the fact that you you bring together. It's like, you know, this, we're sisterhood and we're staying the path together. And I think, was that intentional when you started Colour? I don't know if it was intentional, but it was, I learned it very fast. I learned, learned it at the first colour. Mm. And, you know, because back in that day, 21 years ago for me, you know, women's ministry was something for your mothers or your aunties or your grandmothers, right? And I mean, I was in my late 30s, but even then I was like, women's ministry, what the heck is that? I know, it involved a lot of Tupperware back then. Yeah. <laughs> so there was this mindset that needed to be broken. And I knew it could be broken and I knew it needed to be broken, even in our context. And I think, again, I always come back to the analogy of family for the, for, for the church, for the body of Christ. So a healthy family has mum, dad, you know, siblings, aunties, there's, there's a plethora of age and experience there. And I know that's, you know, a, a beautiful metaphor ideal, but it's how God created it. And I think that's how the church should be. And so we broke the back of that mindset that young and older couldn't actually be together on the on colour one. Yeah. 
And then there's this beautiful, if I can quote it correctly, oh my gosh, help me. But like the definition of generation is everybody drawing breath at the same time. Wow. And so even when you think about, you know, um, succession and passing the baton on, whatever that means, it doesn't mean that you pass the baton on and then maybe retire. I mean, if you're going to retire, that's fine. But I think we all just stay the path until the path is done. And we all have something to contribute. And I think that's, I, I, I know our church is not perfect by any means, but it's actually a beautiful example of this plethora of family, mm -hmm. spiritual family doing life together. Yeah, I'm, I want to ask, <laughs> you're, you're going to like this question. Okay, go oh for it. Am I going to like this question? I, <laughs> you know, I, I, I feel confident it is your decision. So, yeah, Another barrier you guys have kind of broken down in a lot of ways um, is the gender barrier. You put women in very prominent roles of leadership. Yeah, we do. Is that intentional? Or how? What's sort of the, the thinking? Is it's that, just been natural for us, yeah. in all truthfulness. It's been natural and, you know... Um, it's a big question, and it's a big question for huge pockets of the body of Christ. It and is. it's a question that I actually brought to the table, and I tried to bring it in a really sensitive, um, gracious manner, even at this color conference, um, because it is such a big one. It's a big issue, like um, socially, culturally, and even religiously. But I can only share from our experience. And I'm married to a man who is the greatest releaser of people, mm -hmm. men and women. And, you know, he's always said, you know, I mean, obviously we're all under submission. We're all under the mission of God. We're all working together. And I think if you go back to origin, for us, it's men and women together. And he said that to them together. And I think the enemies really sought to corrupt that yeah. and contain yeah. the gold that is within the feminine heart. And mm. so, you know, part of that great, the greater message, I guess, on the Colour Conference is to, to break down some of that barrier. Yeah. And for us, it's it's... It's natural. It's natural ebb and flow. And, you know, I think Brian was releasing women before he even knew he was releasing women. That's what I love about it. It's a natural, yeah. it's not a forced thing. No, it's it's recognizing the hand of God on someone's life and supporting that. But even yeah. with my son, when my son Christian was, I think, 17, he came with me to Color Conference in Sydney. And the impact that it had on him has continued because now he says, I, I get it, mom. We're on mission 24 seven. Yeah, right, wow. You know, it's not like I go to church on Sunday or I go something Wednesday night. It's like that was what he got from. And the thing that I loved was he's just this young kid from the States. Right. You know, nobody really knows him. But the way that the, uh, the older guys gathered around him made him feel welcome. Really? Oh, it was amazing. Joel and Carl <laughs> and all these guys. Really? Yes. Oh, I love that. They just made him feel like, hey, dude, you belong. You're part of us. And, and I just think that that's... I think that's what the world is longing to see. Yeah. Something, a faith that is so real that it yeah, penetrates every cell 24 seven. Yeah. So for the women who maybe haven't been to a color conference or yeah. maybe they're not gonna get to go to one soon, what is that core message that you would wanna speak to them? I think, well, the very core message is that of placing value upon womanhood. So, I mean, how layered is that? I mean, that has breadth, that has breadth to you know, that woman who desires to be in ministry or finds herself in ministry and mm -hmm. the value that she brings to the table, right through to placing value on women in, you know, impoverished situations mm. where culturally they, you know, are assailed and yeah. abused and yeah. live so far beneath, I, I believe, God's original intent. 
So that is the core message of colour. It's to love God. It is to love and champion women within local church because, again, we are passionate about the planting. We're passionate about what women can bring to the table. And, you know, they gather, they come to me, but I send them away. I promise she'll vouch for this. I send them away hopefully more in love with the Lord, more in love with their local church, more in love and wanting to serve their local pastors. And, you know, over the years, 21 years now in Australia, you know, really the body of Christ trusts me. And it's not just, you know, one part of the body of Christ. It's really every denomination and every um, aspect of the diverse, you know, church, they come and it's felt. And I can't measure that ripple effect, Mm -hmm. but it's had an effect. And do you know what it's not so much about me. Mm. It's actually about how lovely God is and his heart for humanity and the feminine heart mm-hmm. because it's created in his image and it's beautiful. And it's, I think the church limps, society limps when that feminine heart is actually not present. Mm-hmm. It limps. I remember after the first color conference, because it was two in Sydney and I was in the mall looking for something for my dogs. I was looking to see if I could of bring something home. Of course you were, home. those fluffy dogs that sleep on your head. Yes, but actually there's a, there is a, there's a, there's a store in one of those malls in Sydney that sells toys for your dogs because I got an alligator and something else. But as I came out, these two women who looked like they were my mom's age right. said, um, we were at colour one um, and it's probably the first time that we've only grasped that it's not too late for us to be everything that God's called us to be. And I'm thinking that this is not a 17-year-old, this isn't a 30-year-old, this is somebody who's probably in their late 70s who came and felt welcomed and felt the presence of Christ and thought, you know what? I'm going to flourish where I am right now. And I think that's wow, that's the it. beautiful presence of Christ that changes everything. It's good, hey? Yeah, it's awesome. I, I'll, I'll, I'll end this by saying something quite controversial. Oh, not like you. <laughs> if they have to edit it out, they have to edit it out. <laughs> I, I have found that the men who have a problem with women and, and insist that they submit, right. they have a problem submitting to God. And I found that the men who truly submit to God have no problem lifting women up. Wow. There's so, a t-shirt. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I appreciate it. Uh, I really do. I, I appreciate not just what you're doing, but how you're doing it, because you're not doing it with any sort of spite towards men. Oh, gosh, you're, you're, no. you're just but, lifting people up. But I think that's the important thing. It's how it's done. Right. Because mm-hmm. there is a militant voice rising up, even, mm-hmm. right. even in oh, recent months. Yeah. yeah. Like a militant like give us our rights and and that and I'm like it just it disturbs me a little bit like I believe in women's rights I believe in all of these Mm -hmm. things but I'm like gosh I am not sure that within the body of Christ this is actually how we go about it yeah I really don't I mean that's my personal opinion I completely agree with you I mean it's like I was reading something today that Charles Spurgeon said if you want to find your rights in this world then go to the cross and die daily Mm. because you know we're supposed to be servants of all the other thing that um, I just that was very impactful for me about color was that not only did these women come together and receive from Christ, but there was this mandate, this mission to now reach out. Mm. And that's always been part of color. It's always been part of Hillsong to look to where there's a need. Um, and that's why we're very excited to show you something phenomenal opportunity right now that we have not just to bring the word of Christ to people, but to bring the water of life to people. Mm -hmm. Would you watch this? If you had a choice of these sources of water to drink from, which would it be? For most people, it would seem obvious. Choose the one that looks clean and inviting. 
A disturbing fact is that millions of people do not have the same choice because they live in areas where clean, safe water sources do not exist. The devastating consequences of having to drink from unsafe water sources can be seen in the faces of mothers who have lost children to sicknesses and disease caused by waterborne illnesses. We have the opportunity to offer another choice, a choice that would provide the greatest blessing, the blessing of life. These three siblings, they fight the daily elements, the dryness, the dangers of the river here, and all that encompasses. They even lost one of their own uh, brothers who drowned in this river out here. And so we can bring change, though, by drilling a well, bringing water of life, that'll bring life change to this village. And by God's grace, we will see that very soon. What a privilege. Yeah, you know, one thing he said, we all know that the water there is awful and, and it's, there's a lot of waterborne illnesses out of that water, but that particular roll-in, there's a shot of a boy holding a slingshot. And I know when both of us saw it the first time, we thought, okay, he's having fun down at the river because that's, that's the way I think. He's not having fun. If you watch, that kid is standing guard over his sister because it's not just bad water. There are critters in that water. There are snakes that have come up and taken those kids away. So when they go down, they're alligator or crocodiles, I believe. Yeah, they're crocodiles and they have anacondas. And, uh, oh, no, stop. Oh, yeah, tell me about it. How horrible is that? <laughs> so they don't just have to worry about the water they can get. They have to worry about their lives getting the bad water. So I look at that and I think, my goodness, I mean, it's easy enough to go in and solve the water problem. When we partner with people like you, we go in and we drill a well. Uh, in some, some cases where it's emergency or hard to get to, we'll give them that, that water filtering bucket and we say, okay, here's clean water for you to drink and it solves so many problems. But in, in those, some of those areas, it's, <laughs> we're solving not just a water problem, we're serving, we're solving a, well, I don't know what life you call it. Uh, yeah, a, a life and death situation with the environment. Yeah. I've had the um, privilege. I asked one mother if I could go with her uh, in Angola to where she goes every day. And so I followed her and her two darling little girls. And we walked for a long, long way. And they had bare feet. And then we came to this water hole. And I was horrified mm. as I watched these little children put their bare feet into this water. Um, and thinking what they could even get from just their bare feet being exposed to the water. And the mom got this bucket and it was just, it was so full of filthy water. And I said to her, what do you do with it when you get back? And she said, well, I just wait for the dirt to settle to the bottom, not realizing that the disease is in the water. And the thing is, this is so doable. We can fix this. Mm -hmm. For those of us who've been given so much, it's not like God that says you've got to give back. What a gift, what a privilege it is to be able to say to mothers tonight in Africa, in all parts of the world, who are laying their heads down faithfully saying, Father, 
please, will you provide clean water for my children? And we can do this. I have seen the difference. Our goal this year, Randy, is to put in 400 yeah. water wells, new yeah. water wells. Yeah. And for $48, which isn't much, you can provide clean water for 10 people. Some of you can do more. Do you know that for $4,800, you can drill a whole well? Mm -hmm. That's what my husband Barry and I do each other for Christmas. We think, you know, I do not need one more pair of boots. We can actually put a water well in and save lives. Would you help us? Because if we all do something, we can change everything for some of these people. So please go to your phone, um, dial the number on your screen, and just do what you can. Thank you. Every day, children living in extreme poverty are forced to make a dreadful choice. Drink polluted water filled with deadly disease, or perhaps die of thirst. No child should ever be faced with this decision. The good news is there is a solution. Mission Water for Life is one of the most proven and viable demonstrations of God's love in the world today. Suffering can end because clean water changes everything. With your gift today, you can help drill 400 water wells in remote villages in 15 nations. A gift of $48 will provide disease-free water for 10 people. $72 will provide for 15 people and $144 will help provide clean water straight from the ground for 30 people. Please also consider an additional gift of $100 to help provide three families with water filtration kits in emergency areas where our drilling rigs are unable to reach. As our thank you, we'll send you the books Words of Jesus and Words of Healing. One contains only the words of Jesus and the other scriptures for healing in your body, mind, and soul. With your $100 gift, you can receive both hardbound and softbound editions of these scripture promise books. Finally, please consider a gift of $1,200 to help provide water for 250 people or a gift of $4,800 to help sponsor a complete well. And you may request our beautiful hand-sculpted Determined Eagle Bronze. Please call, write, or make your gift online. Many of these precious children behind me have lost siblings, playmates to waterborne illnesses. We can stop that cycle of death. It's as simple as giving them a cup of clean drinking water. You know, each water well will serve about an average of 1,000 people. Look at all these kids behind me, man. We, we can reach into areas, this area and so many more just like it, and save thousands of lives. I pray you'll do what you can right now. Go to the phone, go online, make the best gift you can. And when you do, know that you will be saving precious lives. Join with us as we reach into villages all around the world with water for life. Thank you for partnering with us. This is a wonderful opportunity to share the life and love of Jesus Christ in very practical ways. Continue to go to the phone, continue to go online and do the best that you can. And for any gift you send in, we're going to send you Bobby's amazing book. It's called Stay the Path. It is a book for every single person. It will encourage you. It will challenge you. It'll, it'll make you realize again why it's worth staying the path because God is good and he is for you. Pastor Bobby Houston, thank you so much. We love you. I love you more. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. All our best to Hillsong, the entire Hillsong family. Yeah. All our best to you. We appreciate you joining us here online today each and every day. Don't forget to visit lifetoday.org and set your DVR so you never miss a single show. Thank you.
Tomorrow, author, speaker, songwriter, and recording artist Jennifer Rothschild helps us replace the damaging self-talk of me, myself, and lies with truth. Life Today is made possible by the supporters of Life Outreach International. Your gift will be used exclusively for the exempt purposes of life. The ministry features specific outreaches as examples of the programs it supports and conducts. Gifts are considered to be without restriction as to use unless explicitly stipulated by the donor. The ministry is a member of the ECFA.